Welcome back to the Tide Generator Podcast. In the AV and experience design worlds, we talk a lot about human factors. But for too long, that conversation has been too exclusive, creating an echo chamber within a monoculture. We need to move to a more expansive mindset. In order for innovation and truly engaging work to be created, we need to become a more inclusive industry one that welcomes new ideas and nurtures talent from a multitude of communities. But instead of just talking about it, in this episode of Tide Generator, we're beginning a process of accountability for AV. We're starting at the biggest question. So you want to be diverse. Now what? Welcome back to the Tide Generator podcast. Uh, In today's episode, we're posing a very real question to the AV and experience design industry. We're asking, so you want to be diverse, now what? In this moment of global reckoning, when we confront head on the inequities that have been created by systemic racism over centuries, we're looking really hard at the way we are actually running our businesses in this industry and We all say we want to be diverse and we talk a lot about it, but the time has come for us to actually start making moves toward change. And I I think one of the first things we think about is the people who actually work within our companies and how we can help nurture a whole new group of people to feel welcome and to keep changing this industry from the inside out. So today, to talk about that topic, I have people who are bringing real change to our industry. So I'd like to welcome my guests. Um, first, we have Latoya Lewis. She is the founder and executive director of InventU. Welcome. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hello. Yes. Thanks for joining us. And we have Brittany Anderson, and she's the coordinator of the Academy of Hospitality and Tourism at Frank W. Ballou High Senior High School in Washington, D.C. Hello. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Hi, right, thanks, thanks. And then we have Will Curran. He is the chief event Einstein with Endless Events. How are you? And I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being part of the conversation. So yeah, we're, we're going to dive right into it because we, we've talked a lot about this as we've prepared this episode. And, and we know that, you know, as any sort of diversity endeavor takes a multi-level commitment. And we wanted to have this conversation be just the start of a series of conversations where we start bringing accountability within the AV industry. So we want to look, starting at the first thing that I always hear, you know, we try to hire diverse people, but we just can't find them when we're trying, when we're taking resumes. Well, that's because you're still looking in the same places you've always looked. So my first question I want to ask Latoya is, how can we start partnering with organizations such as yours to try to start changing who we're looking at when we're trying to hire new people? Yes, um, I think, and that's a perfect way to pose the question because um, I look at InventU as a first stop on on the pipeline, a way to access talent and a way to um, meet new people that you may not have potentially considered for your companies. Uh, To give a quick background on InventU, we are a workforce development organization that targets high school students in marginalized communities and exposes them to different career paths that are available in the live events industry. And so one of the main career tracks that we focus on is audiovisual and lighting. And we find that 
uh, students have a natural knack for electronics, a natural knack for technology. They live it, they experience it and breathe it every day. And when they find out that there's an industry out there that supports this, this work, um, that there's an industry that they can really find themselves and, and, and move on up the ladder, um, it's exciting and it's uh, refreshing because there's more than STEM out there, which is, which is a lot of, of what's being uh, pushed on, on our young people. And so um, I would say as it relates to organizations like InventU, and there are many others out there, I think there just needs to be an openness to tapping into new areas and, and finding new avenues for diverse talent, really relationship building. Um, if you don't know about organizations, then you can't work with them. But if you're open to that and, and even dedicating resources in your company to finding partnerships that you want to cultivate and thus be able to access uh, different type of, of young people and, and, and diverse populations, um, then you will see the fruits of your labor. So it definitely requires an intentionality about it um, and an openness about it to, to be um to be available to things that may not necessarily look the way you're you're used to them traditionally looking, but that they can still deliver on the results that you expect or even or even greater. Yeah, that's a good place to start. And that, that makes me think, um, Brittany, about some of the things you were saying too about the internships that are created through your program and and being able to see the the actual creative interests and, and the 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 content making acumen that these students already have and recognizing that and trying to encourage that instead of just putting the intern at the side of the room and forgetting about them. So yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about what your program does and how you see students engaging in this media? Yes, yes. So um, as stated earlier, I, I work with the Academy of Hospitality and Tourism um, and it is a National Academy Foundation, but uh, it focuses on starting youth at a very young age, especially youth of color, uh, to expose them early into the hospitality industry. So while the academies work on a full spectrum of the industry, uh, sales, marketing, hotels, convention services, and tourism, the like, we partner with organizations like InventU to give that tailored experience for our students so they can really expand their niche within the industry. And so what often happens is that we say, yes, join hospitality and tourism. And the first thing our students think of is hotels. Also, they think of the frontline positions in hotels. They do not see the large gamut of what the industry offers. And so um, it is important for us to work with organizations uh, starting out to create those opportunities. And so in the past, LaToya has uh, showcased entrepreneurship, um, not entrepreneurship, events, opportunities to students uh, throughout uh, different vendors, throughout different organizations. And that helped our students to begin to say, I wanna go into catering. I wanna go into floral design. I wanna go into audiovisual and technology, how our events uh, ran through technology. And so with that, um, it has been extremely enlightening uh, because when we have those experiences for our students, they in fact uh, start their career um, before they graduate high school. Um, and I always say, you know, when you have an intern, if you want longevity, if you want to avoid turnover, bring on an intern and they are passionate and they will grow with you as your organization grows. Yeah. Give them autonomy and they'll run with it. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's it. And I think yeah, the events industry is a good entry point and that's, I'm sure Will has seen that too. It seems like when you are in the event field, the people who are attracted to it, it's, it is a naturally diverse audience, right? Is that what you've seen, Will? 
Yeah, definitely. I think when people are coming into wanting to work in the events industry, like everyone's experienced an event before. So sometimes it takes for them just to have that like natural first experience of like a, a I don't know, like they even talk simplest aspect. Oh, my friend had a great party or I went to a mm-hmm. concert and it yeah. felt that way. And I think that a lot of times, like you guys were talking about, having a good internship, apprenticeship program is important because um, not only, hey, are you helping develop the future workforce? Like, let's be honest, like they might not ultimately be working for you 20 years from now, but they're going to come in and question things. And, and, and I will even admit like, you know, being a nimble and, you know, flexible company, I need people to say like, well, why do we do it that way? We need people to, and when we say like, well, we've always done it that way. We need people to say like, well, there's a better way to do it and listen mm-hmm. to them and give them that opportunity for sure. And I think that, uh, you know, when it comes to the events industry, for sure, there's just so many cool opportunities to hire people who are just so excited about uh, the events industry. And I think that's one of the, the things that I think uh, uh, we don't lack on in the industry is excitement and, and, and passion. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think being open to where you where you tap into that excitement, um, that it may not be the, you know, especially being very family oriented that we tend to be. We tend to be a very family oriented industry. We, as I say, are a business of, of small businesses that do big things. And a lot of times when you have a lot of, you know, you have a small business, you tap into the family. Um, but sometimes family, you know, doesn't want to be in the business, you know, sometimes they want to pursue another dream. And so um, I think as, as um, excuse me, as entrepreneurs, we have to recognize um, when we have tapped into passion and when we have, you know, just a family member that really doesn't want to, to be there and, and to be open to that and say, well, you know what, maybe I am doing my company a disservice if I don't spend some time on recruitment and really make sure that I'm getting the best of the best. Because to Will's point, when you have diverse voices, you have a better company. You know, you have a company that um, can speak to your customer base better and, and go, is going to have more creative ideas and, and uh, creative content as you approach your different projects. One thing I kind of wanted to tack onto that too, I think uh, like talking about like the, what, how many challenges that we have in our industry too. Um, I was kind of thinking about this that, you know, when it comes to AV and events, you know, a lot of people who end up getting industry and excelling very quick are ones who have access to all the gear and all the technologies and everything like that as well. And, you know, I think we have a big, problem that you know for example i was even hiring some technical directors this week and you're like okay they need to know how to use this tool they need how to use this tool they need how to use this tool and i'm like well what if that person only had access to that because they were given an advance in some way or something you know like that and i think that we have to be careful sometimes of just relying purely on experience but and and i get you always need experience to do things like right i'm not going to have someone hang this lights and things like that they've never done it before but you can't only hire those you need to also have somebody below that can be trained up to build that future workforce for you too yes yes i i just i have to tack on to that i love that because i was thinking about that earlier a lot of especially in minority communities, a lot of people come from, they have that AV background through the church or, or through a, a, um, a, a community center where they have a, a PA system or that technology. They may not have their CTS or even know anything about a CTS, but they have that experience and they have that knowledge. And, and sometimes they don't even have the correct terminology to put on it. So I think just being open to your talent having experience in a non-traditional way and then maybe fostering them towards 
um, packaging it in a traditional way so that it's more recognized, I think is something that's really important because for instance, um, the AV instructors that we hire, uh, we have to, we have to hire AV instructors or I make it a point to hire AV instructors that are relatable to our young people that they will listen to what they're saying because if, if they don't, if they don't see themselves in who's in front of them, they're shutting down immediately. So it's imperative for me to say, okay, this AV instructor may not have their CTS, but these kids will be able to relate to them. They have the experience because they've been working in their church for some um, amount of years. And maybe I then connect them to a vixen and say, hey, let me put you on a path of CTS while you teach our young people. I mean, that is happening in our organization. And we have to be, as an industry, I think, open to the more than one way to skin a cat and, and, it, looking, and it looking different. Yeah, I think, yeah, experience takes all forms, too. I think, um, Brittany, you were talking about um, one of their interns uh, realized that she was able to create slides and create content because she was already using a platform and some software that she didn't even realize, didn't even connect with her internship. And then she realized, oh, wait, I know how to do this. Yeah, um, yeah you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, and um, speaking just to well with the internships uh, and the equipment, uh, students are using the equipment in school so they might not know the name or they might not know exactly how to articulate what it is, um, but we have students who do morning announcements. We have our school podcast. So when we have those different types of avenues, the students are using those skills. Um, and then that's where we come in to actually help them showcase what they're using. So for example, just like one of our students, um, she interned this year with Destination DC and uh, throughout the school year, we, we teach a marketing class. So we go over a little bit on, you know, promotional marketing, sales marketing. And uh, she created a beautiful logo uh, using Canva. And she didn't realize that that was something that she could take to her internship um, until she was given the autonomy to do so. And they say, you know, hey, Riley, is it possible that you can design this flyer for us uh, for this virtual webinar that we're hosting? And she immediately says, oh, sure, I can do that. And so when we give our students that chance uh, to use skills that they actually know, um, they can really produce some beautiful work for us, especially uh, when it comes to technology, uh, because it's something that they use uh, every single day. So even down to uh, special events, we plan prom uh, at Blue. And uh, Ms. Latoya was definitely instrumental in one of our events in the very beginning. And the students were in awe of how many things they can do from their cell phone. So, you know, just managing the lighting from their cell phone through an app or, you know, doing a registration check-in through CVent. So the students mm -hmm. have those nuggets. It's just that we have to constantly um, put them in places where they can exercise those skills. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that exposure too, because it's like, uh, so not a lot of people know this, but uh, when I started Endless, we started doing high school dances. So we mm -hmm. used to like, you know, uh, show up and the schools would sometimes be like, well, we don't have like the full budget to afford you. I said, okay, you give me like 20 kids um, yeah. and, you know, like we'll, we'll, we'll let them help set up trust and everything like that. Right. Obviously we were like really tightly closely watching them, but right. I think that we ended up in the early years like drawing on so much awesome talent from kids who are like, I want to get into this. I want to do concerts. I want to do production. And, and they might not still be around in the company anymore, but yeah. it was so cool to watch people who I could potentially say like, Hey, this is a whole industry that existed. Like, like you said, like, wow, I didn't even know this was possible. And I think sometimes you'd be, you know, super duper surprised that everyone always has a stigma of like, Oh, 
un, uh, unpolished interns. They don't know what to do, but like sometimes yeah. they have so much energy, they make up for it because they'll figure it out. If they mess up, they'll <laughs> fix it within five seconds, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're money driven like, like us, right? Like you, and not that it has to be a money driven internship, but you know, our money drive and their money drive are two different things. You know, you talk about $12 an hour, they're like, Hey, let's do it. So it's like, um, there is an excitement there and there is, and, and, and will you bring up a great point when you said you were watching them closely to set up? Cause that's honestly some pushback that we get as we bring young people on site at events. We've had a Navy company say, Oh, they're not 18. They can't touch anything. Whereas, you know, you, you as exactly, you were like, you know, let me just watch them. And so I think that speaks to, it really takes a certain type of mindset in the industry, a certain type of, 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 um, belief and, 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 um, investment in the future that's coming behind us to work with organizations like mine and, and other organizations. Um, you really have to, um, be willing to bend the, I wouldn't even say bend the rules a little bit, but maybe just be a little flexible with what the rules are, or maybe even recreate them in order for that pipeline to work. Because at the end of the day, if we don't have a way for people to enter into the industry, there's no diversity on the back end because they're not entering on the front end. So we really have to look at the way people enter and look at what we're open to and what we're willing to bend to in order to foster that passion and that talent that is already naturally there. And also know that when it comes to, I know I've heard that before, you know, I said, oh, well, can I have some of my students come? And they like, oh, you know, are they trained? It's almost that, you know, stigma question. And that's where we come in, you know, in the educational sector, we teach soft skills. You know, we actually offer guest service goals certification. So our students know how to interact with customers. And whenever they go out there, you are our customer, you know, um, our vendor, our employer supporters. So the students definitely receive those soft skills so they know how to kind of maneuver throughout an event space, especially because we know it's high energy. And so um, when students actually get to see it and yes, they might not like you say, are rigging up lights or, you know, but they might lay linen or they might um, welcome guests, whatever it might be in that capacity, they will definitely- say, Or gaff the, gaff the courts. Yes. Everybody, yeah, like can, everybody court, can take right? a roll of gaff tape. And <laughs> yes. Your yes. Yes. So, like yeah. that, that work. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the, the beneficial things too that we, we don't think about too is like we right now we're like we're obviously I think very much preaching to the like hey why you should do this because it's going to benefit the students and how you potentially you know could get cheaper labor whatever but you also sometimes forget too that it's also such a great uh, opportunity for your employees and even for yourself if you're taking on managing these people that you have an opportunity to hone in your management skills even more mm. because like when you have like a, an intern who hasn't doesn't have years of corporate experience or whatever it is right yeah they're going to mess up every once in a while right they might like uh, you know not handle situation properly, but you're going to learn so much as a manager managing those people. So like one of the best things that we ever did that as I, I saw an inspiring employee of ours and I was like, Hey, like, I think you have great management skills. You're a great communicator, everything like that. Like I'm going to have you head up our internship program. And it was ironic because she started as an intern for us. So she got to grow into wow. that position. And, yeah. you know, I, uh, we, I, I wish I'd given her more training up from the beginning portion, but like, it was very yeah. cool to see like her handle situations where I didn't even have to tell her what to do. She'd be like, yeah, this intern didn't show up. They didn't do what they were supposed to do as part of their internship or whatever it is. Like, and I've asked them twice, what do I do? And I was like, what would, what would you do? And they're mm -hmm. like, well, I'm kind of like getting the point where I need to let them go. And I was like, 
you might need to let them go. Right. And they, they yeah. got that experience of like yeah. telling someone, Hey, that you're not a good fit for the organization anymore. Um, and you know, that's obviously a more negative example, but uh, <laughs> you know, that they, they would have never gotten that experience. And, but that, that person's like a senior person within the company because they gotten so much experience from for lack of a better term, experimenting on interns in some way. That's such a good point. Like sometimes you have to know how to fire people, but, but, but that is such a good point about the next level, because I always say like, you're never too old to, to be a mentor or too old or too young to be a mentor or to have a mentor. And so as she was, you know, like you said, going up into the next level of her career, she was, you know, fostering those behind her and really flexing that. And that is, that is such a good point because you have to have patience. You have to have, um, um, flexibility as you deal with young people and not just young people, just people that, that may not come from, look like, have the same experience as you. And we're talking a lot about young people because of, you know, the organization I work with and Brittany works with a lot of young people, but a lot of this information is really transferable and just, again, the overarching umbrella of diversity and just anything that doesn't feel or look familiar. And so really great point, Will. And I, I, I think that that is spot on that you can, you can bring on and have professional development in your existing staff as you, you know, develop an internship or a mentorship program to, to be able to funnel in new talent. Yeah, I think that's the good step. You know, if we can flip that really old fashioned bias about how people gain experience and move up through a company, you know, like it really is as simple as giving autonomy to your team members and your interns and letting them use their own knowledge. Because let's be honest, the new generations, if we're still talking about young people, the new generations are coming with a lot more experience in a lot of this stuff than, than we did. So I think it's, it's time to recognize expertise is changing. Expertise exists in many different ways. And if we can stop seeing it as this clinical way it's always been done, that's the first step. You know, this is, it's, it's good to recognize people's passion, their energy, what they're willing to do, and then give them the autonomy to make decisions and then they can grow. And I think we talked a little bit about that, about nurturing people who join companies. And, and we talked about the, the ugly specter of tokenism when a, when a company decides to hire a person who looks different. Mm -hmm. And then that person doesn't really get to feel like they participate. I, I wonder if we can talk about making sure that people feel welcome and creating an actual inclusive company um, so that that person doesn't just feel like the token in the room. I think one of the things that's helpful when it comes to this is having good energy from the beginning. Cause like, you know, like everything starts with how it gets, it doesn't like, you know, if you start off having low energy about welcoming somebody or, you know, something like that, it's not going to like get, necessarily better as time goes on yeah. so like one of the things that we try to do is that as soon as someone gets onboarded so we're a 100% remote company um, so we don't get to like welcome them in the office and put a banner up and things like that so that equivalent <laughs> for us is that like we have a bot that when, as soon as they sign their job offer letter and their slack account gets created it posts a welcome message from Albert Einstein uh, naturally <laughs> and it's just like welcome to the team like we're so excited to have you tell us who your favorite pop culture character is and we also have them post a video and welcome like introduce themselves you know and uh, the reason why we find that important is a you gotta like let them le people learn personal aspect, but then starts the energy off right. And what's great is that you see everyone from every department knows to go into the water cooler channel where it happens and say like welcome, welcome, welcome. Puts up gifts like says they're excited, all those things like that as well. And it it, it lets everybody know that like even though they might not ever have to work directly with that person, that like hey you're really welcome here, and we're excited mm -hmm. to have you here. Um, and starts off on I think that right uh, step forward, right? Yeah. 
I love that. I think it's also important as much as we work to prepare our young people and, you know, we have lessons like um, code switching and like how to switch it on when you have to be professional, how you are with your friends versus how you are in the workforce. I think young people also need to know that companies are having to prepare for them too. You know, as a, as a candidate, you're always feeling like, let me sell myself. What do I have to do now? I have to change the way I talk when I'm in front of this person. I have to do this. That's not, you don't feel, feel very accepted. You feel like you have to almost change yourself to be accepted somewhere. So I think just as much, you know, what exactly Will is talking about and what companies are doing to make young people and people of diverse cultures look and, you know, that, that don't look and feel, feel welcome. I think those types of things need to be talked about and invested in. Um, knowing that it's gonna take, it's going to take time. You know, deciding that you want to focus on diversity and, and inclusion and equity in your company is not something that is going to happen like that, especially if you don't already have the existing framework. But creating that framework and then investing some, have someone who has a stake in it that's passionate about it, lead it in in your in your company and lead those efforts and create little things like a welcome. You know, welcome is it doesn't matter who you are, but whatever you might do to welcome diverse talent, let them feel that so that the talent that's coming in knows that it's a it's a give take, that it's not just them coming in and, and, and they won't have that feeling of tokenism if there is that effort there to create a, a place of, of, of understanding and, and comfort and welcome and, and just a, a create a space of growth. So I think just as much as we talk about what young people and people of other talents and just talent in general needs to come to the table with we also have to task ourselves as companies for the environment that we're creating and share that because i would say now more than ever you know maybe in my parents generation it was all about the candidate the candidate but now people are looking at companies like you know what that, i'm interviewing them too and i'm not feeling it like and they're not speaking to me and if they look on your website and they don't see one person of color or one person that makes them feel like i could be there you know, they're not going to want to work for you either. A brand can only take you so far. So as a company, we have to be ready to in invest resources in what we say we want to create. One of my uh, partners that I work with, employers, one thing that we established was a culture coach. Uh, and that could be something that you could have in your organization is to actually have um, like a director of the people, a culture person. And it was a fully diverse team. Uh, and I loved it because it, it was, you know, men, women, and of different races. But this team would almost meet monthly to discuss culturally what can we do to create this experience for our team. And then the students, um, I had about six interns there, and they had an opportunity to participate in that meeting. Um, so what were some of the things that they decided to do? Was it, you know, different TikTok challenges? It was karaoke on Fridays during lunch. It was different things that allowed the interns uh, to showcase who they were. And uh, sometimes I think that you feel welcome and a part of a team when you get to really showcase who you are, where you get to showcase your talent uh, and, you know, showcase just, you know, why you want to be there. And when you have that space to do that, it makes you feel really good as well. 
I, I was going to tack on with that hundred percent, both of what you guys said, like let people be themselves too, because that's how yeah. you avoid that. I feels like that tokenism too. It's yeah. like mm-hmm. when you have someone's trying to force into this profile yes. of who they are, uh, yeah. but instead like let them be show like who they are and how yeah. quirky they are. Weird are they? They are. And you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. they are. And, yeah, yeah. For everyone who's watched audio, I just wave my hands. That's all Will. Um, you know, let people be who they are. And that's how you, I think can break also further from that as well. It's, I love that guys. That was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the ultimate form of networking too. You know, we talked a little bit about, you know, how can people get their foot in the door at some of these companies if maybe they don't have the degrees that everyone's looking for. The ultimate form of networking is to show your actual personality, you know, and I, I think that if, if you can say, check, this is who I am, yeah. you're memorable, you make new friends. It actually, that is, as we all know, that's how you get jobs. People Yeah, people. Like know the you, saying like you, those people want to hire you. <laughs> people work with who they like. Absolutely. Yeah. People work with yeah, who so they those like. Are the, yeah, let people have a personality and then and then it's the, welcome them into the company. I think that's great. That's actually a great transition into our um, important part of the episode where we're talking about what's, you know, what, okay, so now what? <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually a really good tactical thing to think about, uh, having a culture coach yeah, and, 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 and then actually having these chances to, to show actual human side of, of people. <laughs> so yeah. then, so new networks can happen, new connections can happen, and maybe new opportunities can happen. But is there, are there any other suggestions you want to throw in as we focus on that? <laughs> I could talk a little bit about like, uh, I guess like remote, I think is changing a lot of things in the workplace, right? Like uh, obviously what's happened in 2020 is forced everybody to go remote and some people not wanting to, or some people are embracing it, right? But mm-hmm. I think remote, um, you know, has always presented such a great opportunity for diversity in so many different ways, because, you know, one of the things that I think is that we, 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 a lot of times when you hear diversity, you get stuck on kind of the obvious things, right? But a lot of people forget about like diversity of thought, but also mm-hmm. like, di- and diversity of thought sometimes also comes from location diversity too, mm-hmm. because, you know, just because, you know, for example, you think this one way, a lot of times we hire based on what city you're in or, you know, making someone relocate and sometimes too expensive to make someone relocate. So you're like, I have to only look in New York city for these people. But in reality, like sometimes the most diverse thoughts and ideas and things like that come from people all, not only around the States, not even North America, but like around the entire world. And you get, again, that diverse thought and, uh, and, and, and that allows you to create that diversity. So I think remote has created this huge opportunity for things like autonomy, like we talked about in the past, but also like mm-hmm. diversity of location and stuff. So that's just one thing I think I get really excited when I talk about remote. Work, though. <laughs> I know I'm like, come, come coach me on that. I'm trying to transition. <laughs> I'm trying to transition and bit you digital. I was so apprehensive. And now I'm like, look, we're here. I gotta be here. So I got you. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. Absolutely. A diversity of thought is huge. Um, access to different locations. I think also, you know, when you talk about companies, let's be frank, everybody's going to talk about ROI. They're going to talk about money. How much is this going to cost me? You know, what? Oh Lord, another person to hire or another, you know, whatever that might be. But what I encourage you to think about is that it doesn't have to sometimes what a few things, sorry, I get, I get ahead of myself. Sometimes an investment today pays off tenfold tomorrow. So you have to think about what an investment in building a culture of diversity will feed to your company. Again, you know, I kind of, I think I said it in the beginning about, you know, customers wanting to see um, diverse teams, wanting to hear diverse thoughts, 
uh, wanting to get a variety of things to choose from as you're presenting yourself to your clients. And then also that satisfaction is going to come immediately from that. Um, so I think you're, there's room to grow um, your, your bottom line as you grow your company and, and you expand on, on your diversity efforts. And then I also think that uh, it doesn't have to be a big lift on your end with organizations like InventU. I know Baltimore has Integrate Baltimore. Um, I know that we have a partner at Loop Lab in Boston. You know, we are all organizations that are doing workforce development and youth development, not only at a high school level, but a post high school and into a young adult level. And the, we're organizations that are putting our resources towards fostering this talent, towards giving them a foundation of knowledge so that you as a company don't necessarily have to start from scratch with them. And so let us do that heavy lifting. I know Avixa has their foundation that does quite a bit of work with that as well. So that's all going to save you money and be a huge return on your investment. And all we're looking for is, is support in the programs that we foster and belief that these opportunities are worth offering to our students. And um, as that relates, we're doing half of your HR work for you. So, um, so I mean, uh, I know I wanted to talk about ROI because that's always something that, that companies push back with, you know, dollar dollar bill, let's be honest. This is all warm and fuzzy, but if it don't make money, don't make sense. <laughs> but I, I think that this can, it can it absolutely makes sense. Yeah, I was thinking about that too when you were talking about investment because that okay, we have to figure out why it's worth to invest in this and and to be honest, you guys already touched on this a little bit too. The people the companies people want to work for now, they're checking that company's values before they go work there. And checking the values means checking the culture. And it's not just the it's not just the people who are looking for jobs, it's also people who might be hiring you who are also evaluating you based on your actual company culture and values. And if they go to your website and they see a static monoculture, they're going to go, oh, I mean, there's actually a lot of companies now that will not partner with a vendor that is obviously not making an effort. <laughs> so I think that that's an investment right there. It's, it's that you're investing your perception. And I don't, I don't mean just the perception, the optics. I mean, this is an actual reality. We need to have companies reflect the real world in order to be considered valuable partners. Mm -hmm. So I think that's hopefully going to become more and more compelling as people become honest with themselves about, about what a successful company is right now. So. I think I it's always fun. Oh, go ahead, Brit. Go ahead, Brittany. Oh, yeah, I know in uh, youth development, the one thing, uh, the moment that we went virtual, our students went crazy uh, because it's something that they have been <laughs> yearning for for the longest time. Of course, they missed the direct interaction with each other, um, but they really they just became excited for that opportunity to excel um, and to really be able to use technology at the forefront for their education. And so um, one thing I was sharing with my students literally last week, I said, you know, innovate to generate. So if you want to generate sales income, you want to generate your life, anything, you must stay innovative. You must move with the time um, because if you don't, you'll be left behind. And then you're wondering what happened. Um, and it's because you didn't move along when we saw that change. And I complimented Will uh, before because he was already virtual. So imagine that, already having an established team who was virtual, who knew how to jump into and shift the gear, where now, you know, a lot of organizations are trying to catch on. And so um, when something, you know, we think about media and, uh, and technology 
And it seems like the students were born with a phone in their hand. They were born with access to just the general knowledge where we might need a full eight week training session. They need just a 30 minute tutorial, if that, you know? And so I really just uh, wanna share that with our listeners today, that if you, are, if you stay innovative, uh, that is how you definitely will attract the zennials, as we call them, uh, the ones who are starting to uh, transition into the workforce because they are technology drivers and we are, you know, chugging along behind them. Yeah, I think we accidentally limit the amount of creativity and innovation in our industry if we don't start recognizing exactly what you're talking about like we we're gonna get stuck we already are a little bit stuck (laughs) and we can see that around us so the the way to change is to recognize that innovation actually comes from a multitude of voices and and we cannot innovate unless we have new new ideas so here's a way to embrace change it can be hard because again you know people are busy and their calendars are busy and oh i have to learn a new this or i have to incorporate a new that and and it's, it is, I mean, I'm guilty of the same, but at the end of the day, it, to Brittany's point, you could say that to the whole industry, if you don't innovate, you know, you, you, you won't generate, you won't generate um, revenue for your company. You won't, you won't generate interest in your company um, as job seekers have choices now. Um, and, and the gig economy, I mean, we haven't even talked much about that, but that, you know, that's a whole nother monster where a lot of our of our uh, talent is working in the gig economy and they are their own bosses and they are making choices and, and they're out there um, owning their careers in ways that, that we have never seen. So um, embracing change is really important um, be, to be able to stay relevant and to be able to stay, you know, applicable to, to what you're, you're, you're offering your clients and, and the services that you're building out. So embrace, embrace, embrace. It does not have to be a negative thing at all. <laughs> Uh, I, I want to add one thing too. I think like when we talk about the now what um, uh, kind of category too, and I think that uh, a big thing is also just taking steps and actually acting too, right? Like we we love to talk about the theory of this and well we'll do this and you know all these things like that. But if you don't actually act on it, it doesn't. All the talk is for nothing, right? And I think that you know we talked about like for example um, with sustainability in the events industry for so long that like well yeah we need sustainability blah blah, blah. and like now everyone's like the theme of sustainability is not to talk about it anymore just to start doing yeah. it so start implementing it and I you know for example uh, I'll, I'll use I think the culture example if, if that's something you're like yeah we really should start believing in having a better culture and this and that well like take the steps and you know people all the time ask me like well how'd you build this organization and I was like look it didn't start with like Will had the perfect culture and this perfect hiring process around the culture and everything it started with being like what are our core values we put them, put them on the wall. Then we were like, okay, let's, uh, let's make sure that everyone knows the core values here. Okay. And the next thing was, mm-hmm. hey, let's create an interview that only talks about the core values. And we took step by step to act within that. And I think like, for example, with the, uh, the, the hiring based on culture, like you guys are talking about, making sure that you're looking for innovation and everything like that. If you're not putting that as part of your interview process and your, your process, or even if you're interviewing somebody, if they're not interviewing based on the culture, they don't care about the culture. Like ultimately, like we spend an hour just only talking about culture and, and, and honestly, it should be the first step we do for most people, but we end up doing it as the last step. Um, I've thought about switching it sometimes, but um, you know, I think that um, people sometimes go like, yeah, culture is so important. It's all good. But then they never ask a question that's relevant to check. Like, do they match this exact core value? And not even one question. 
question. They should be asking like five or six questions to make sure you match every perfect core value when it comes to it too. And I think that same thing needs to happen as well. Like in, like we got to implement, we got to start doing, we got to start like stop thinking about it and just take a step, small step, mm -hmm. and then take another step the next day and then the next step. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would just add to that, you know, unfortunately, especially as it relates to live events and the industry that, that I'm in and that I'm preparing our young people to enter in, you know, we are struggling right now. You know, we have some downtime. Um, and so now is the perfect time to, to take a look at exactly what Will is saying, your, your internal uh, working, um, your internal structure and, and, and what things you have. If you want to work on culture, now is the perfect time to implement things. Get on the calendar after Labor Day. Okay, in September, I'm going to do A, B, and C. I'm going to have a meeting with my HR person. I'm going to talk about these are the three things we want to do. I mean, we have the whole Q4 to flush out um, actionable items that you can bring into 2021 um, with your new your your hiring process and your diversity efforts and in your recruitment efforts. And so, um, time is not as much of an excuse as it was last year <laughs> and we can we can we can definitely um if it's important to you now is the time to, to to really lay it out and 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 come up with a q4 plan i challenge everyone you know if this is important and it resonates with you come up with a q4 plan of of how you are going to build a more uh diverse culture within your company and, and create the the steps to do so yeah, and on our part, we're going to continue this conversation here at Avixa. We're going to keep these conversations going and, and, and bring people in to talk about their plans and, mm -hmm. and hold them accountable to the steps they're taking. We definitely want to keep this conversation going. Um, so yeah, I, I really, I'm excited. I'm so glad you all joined me for this episode because I feel like I, I, it's inspiring and it's and we actually know what to do next now I feel like we have a couple of ideas and and I think yeah like you're saying change is something that people are always they feel burdened by but actually change could be easy change could be bringing a new person in who has new ideas I don't I don't have time to learn this how about I bring someone on who knows how to do this you know it's mm -hmm. it's really it's an interesting time and we do have time to reflect and time to actually make steps right now so yeah so, I yeah. just want to add something you know motivation everybody's motivated now everybody's motivated for diversity now motivated to 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 have these conversations and and to and to um you know potentially consider but motivation is fleeting you know and any business owner can tell you that like yeah. you're motivated one day and the next day you're like i'm good but consistency <laughs> trumps motivation every single time you every mm -hmm. single time you're consistent in your efforts consistent in, in your output you don't have to be motivated if you're just consistent. And even if, and I say this all the time, even to myself as an entrepreneur, forward is forward. Even if it's an inch, it's still forward. And those inches add up. So move past this time of motivation and work towards consistent effort. And even if it's just on a small front, you're still going to be moving the bar forward. And you look back at the end of Q4 and you will have made progress. Guarantee it. I can say the same. That's how I feel about Invent You Digital. We're getting there. It's happening. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's that's it. That's a really perfect note. That's it. Let's make a plan and move it forward. Keep moving it forward. Um, and uh, together, it will it will accumulate into actual change. <laughs> so that's a good thing. Well, wow, I, I really want to thank you all for joining me. This was amazing. And it is amazing. And we will keep it going. We will keep talking and we should come back and revisit all these ideas and see where things have gone. So yeah, thank you yes. again. Yes, looking forward to that. Thank you. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the Tide Generator Podcast, produced by Avixa. Find it wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you next time.